Five Reasons Why Site Migrations Fail with Sanya Markovic. The InSearch SEO podcast is brought to you by SimilarWeb, helping you build better SEO strategies with digital intelligence, insights, and data. Hey, it's David. What are the main reasons why site migrations fail? That's what we're covering today with a lady who can say, what is this? in many different languages. She also enjoys conducting audits, identifying opportunities, and developing content strategies. Has conducted many SEO workshops and is senior SEO specialist at WebCertain. A warm welcome to the InSearch SEO podcast, Sanya Markovic. Hello, David. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here and talk about site migrations, which I think is a really, really important topic. And it's really important to raise awareness in a way about the many reasons why site migrations fail because, well, at least from my experience, but also I'm sure that many other SEOs have this experience. We, we most often times work with recovering uh, migration disasters rather than preventing the disasters. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. Yeah, I mean, I would just tell you the, the, the viewer, the listener, you can find Sanya over at WebCertain. Dot com. Um, so a bit of fun to begin with. Uh, you mentioned as part of your introduction to me that you can say, what is this in many different languages? Why? <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I think it's just a really fun question to ask, to know how to ask in many different languages. So, <laughs> so I have a lot of international friends and I always ask them how to say what it is in their language. <laughs> and I, for some reason, remember it. <laughs> so how many languages are we talking about here? Well, I think like around six or seven. Okay, okay. Well, you, you won't know a dialect called Doric from the northeast of Scotland. So I'll, gi- I'll give you what is this in that dialect. And that's Fitzis. Fitzis. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So there we go. There's something else for you there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about website migrations today. So what sort of website migrations can be the most challenging? Well, I think it depends on on the size of the website, on if we are only working on changing uh, CMS, if we are uh, changing URL structure, it depends on the whole scope. If we are maybe migrating uh, one domain to another or we are uh, changing our international strategy. So we have, for example, multiple CTTLDs and we want to change them to one global GTLD because it's easier for us to manage, for instance. Then we have to, to have in mind not just um, the CMS challenges, but also how we are going to merge and migrate all these domains to, uh, to a new domain. But yeah, besides this, because besides the CMS and the scope of work, uh, the size of the website, uh, I think are the most important factors that can impact the complexity of this kind of project. So your five reasons why site migrations fail starts off with number one, neglecting the importance of SEO for the whole project. Yes, I think this happens quite often. And as I mentioned before, uh, we as the SEOs oftentimes work more on recovery from, from these kind of projects rather than prevention because we are not involved in the project 
from the beginning or sometimes or sometimes everything that we do is actually not getting even implemented because there is no, no enough time or there is no resources or from any different reasons. So this, this can result uh, in a site migration uh, disaster. So basically, in order to avoid this, we need to make sure that, that the SEO team is involved through the whole process from the preparation, from the planning preparation and launch day of the site migration uh, and also monitoring uh, post-migration. Post but we also need to make sure that because the main reason why this happened is uh, is the lack of SEO knowledge and the lack of imp which leads to lack overall lack of importance that is given to to SEO tasks. So we need to work on educating other teams because there are multiple team uh, teams that are involved in site migration. So we need to work on educating them why our tasks are important, but also educating stakeholders why why this is important. And number two, lack of analysis and monitoring. Yeah, this is also uh, really important because sometimes, as I mentioned, many tasks that SEO team does are completely neglected because there is no time. And uh, SEO team can actually use the data to support uh, data-driven decision-making, which would then understand why something needs to be delayed and it will it will create a sol solid background and the basis to to explain the stakeholders why we have to respect certain processes and in the case we need to delay something why should we delay it but also it can help us identify any issues before or after migration uh, the site migration is done so this is why we need to monitor and benchmark it's a it's really important part of site of any site migration project and in relation to monitoring, what specifically are you tracking to measure whether or not the migration is a success? Well, we need to track, first of all, after the site migration, we need to make sure that the website is actually indexed correctly. So we need to track the number of pages that is indexed in Google. And we can use Google Search Console, for instance, the coverage report to do so. We can check it also in the SERP. Besides the indexation, we also need to check what are the performance so in terms of clicks impressions average position rankings we have for for the keywords that we were targeting before so this is why it's important to have this data pre and uh, pre-migration and and have benchmark reports because we can use this data and compare it with our performance post-migration and this will help us basically identify if if we miss something if there are any gaps if if we even improved after the site migration, uh, this will, uh, this data will allow us this. So that takes us up to reason number three, why web migrations fail, and that is not enough SEO knowledge for the project to be conducted. Well, yeah, this is, uh, of course, if we are working on a site migration, uh, first of all, we need to have a knowledgeable SEO team, because if we don't have people that actually have technical knowledge and and content-related knowledge, this can lead to many errors. Um, for instance, we can have SEOs that deploy uh, temporary redirects to a redirect plan, but we actually, this would be a huge mistake because we need, we are permanently migrating to a new website. We can have, this can lead to a lot of problems as well when it comes to content or any other technical uh, issues that can come up during the site migration. So we need to make sure that our SEO team is knowledgeable. But this also relates to what, what I was saying in the beginning, uh, besides the knowledgeable SEO team, 
we have to make sure that all the other teams, so the web developers, uh, UX designers, and also the stakeholders that are involved in this project uh, understand and have some SEO knowledge because this is the way to ensure that actually the work of the SEO team gets implemented and, uh, and finished um, before, well, on, ti- on a timely manner. I mean, in, in relation to speaking uh, with other people involved in the project, not directly involved in SEO, um, how do you emphasize the importance or the impact of incorporating SEO? Are there certain scenarios that might happen that you emphasize to other people uh, to demonstrate how important SEO is? Yes. Um, well, first of all, we can start with content. In the case that um, content marketing team says that or there was a decision made to to move a website to a new CMS, which is way better for user experience compared to the current um, CMS that we use. But they also decided to to reduce big portions of content from that same website uh, while migrating. Uh, this can have really big impact because, and th- this is something that we can actually show uh, because we have the data to prove that at this point we are receiving some traffic for from the content we have currently and if we reduce this content that drives this traffic to our website by half we can clearly show uh, and project how this will impact on the traffic pattern in the future so yeah there are ways to to show how it how each phase of site migration is important and how each Part of SEO work is crucial uh, in in each stage because if we, for instance, don't make sure that our website after migration is scrollable and indexable, then we will clearly see the impact because if our site doesn't show up in Google, then of course we won't get any traffic uh, So because no one will be able to find us. But if we listen to our SEO team, (laughs) then we will make sure that this really happens. And reason number four, lack of planning and preparation. This is, again, all, for me, all these, all these reasons are in the end connected. <laughs> Normally, as I mentioned before, oftentimes it happens that uh, site migrations are rushed because there is not enough time, there is not enough resources. So in order to avoid this, we need to have a proper plan. This means that we need to start with the data gathered from the SEO team identifying uh, what is the best time to actually conduct the site migration. Uh, because for instance, we, will, we should never do this in the peak of our traffic activity. We should always do it when, when our website gets the, get the least traffic. Apart from this, uh, we should have a clear objective. What, what are we going to achieve with the site migration? Do we just need to, are we just going to make it easier to for our content and our websites to be managed, especially if we have a website that targets multiple markets and we have multiple teams, so maybe we want to make this easier. So, so all of this will help us identify the ob- objective and also this will help us identify the, the scope of, of the migration we are going to conduct. So then when we have a timeline, when, when we have objective and, and a scope of the project, then we can plan for resources we will need to conduct this project and then it will be way smoother to conduct this site migration. And taking us up to number five, poor communication between the teams involved. Yeah, this happens quite a lot, especially in agencies 
that are many that are focused on on marketing, but then they don't, maybe they don't have developers or they or have to work in a different UX team. So this can have a lot of impact because if we as an SEO team do all the work, but then we depend on developers who need to de deploy actually this work or UX uh, designers, uh, but we don't have established communication or communication channels and there is no good uh, kind of communication flow, this will have a really big impact because we will always be like a little bit in the gap and we won't really know when is implemented what. And this is also the other way around. So it's really important that all the teams uh, that work on a site migration have calls, meetings, may maybe a Slack channel so they can maintain the, the communication and update each team on anything that happens. Let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? Well, there's many things that I could mention, but I think that for me, links, internal links, is something that oftentimes I see gets neglected, but actually it's really important. And I have experience with, with showing how actually making sure that uh, a page is uh, really prominent in the internal link can have a good impact on the rankings. So I think that for that internal links is something that does not require that much effort, but has a really good result uh, in terms of visibility. And do you attempt to automate internal links, the positioning of internal links, the incorporating of internal links within blog posts, for example, or is there any particular position on a page that you prefer internal links to be? Well, I think that when it comes to internal links, what we try not to do ever is to, uh, to have a kind of a spammy internal link strategies and also to that everything that we link on a page and from one page to another has some has a natural and semantic flow for the users in the first place, but then also for search engine. And I think when it comes to internal linking, it's, we can have we can relate it a little bit to topic clusters. So if we talk about one certain topic, there will be multiple pages that will probably create on maybe on even the, in different stages of user intent and user information funnels. So it's really important that in a certain topic cluster, we have established connections between different pages because in the end, through links, we also declare entities which connect to one to another and this enables users to search and browse and navigate to our website efficiently, but also this is the same for a search engine. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Sanya Markovic over at websartan.com. Sanya, thanks so much for being on the In Search SEO podcast. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Similar Web platform over at similarweb.com.